Welcome everyone to Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, where we talk to you all about the things that we didn't freaking understand from the main episode. That was a lot. It's usually a lot. Um, but we're going to start off with some stuff that I didn't understand regarding gin, which, you know, I, I'm i pretty good, I think, on wine knowledge and on alcohol. In general, I like to drink it. Um, I'm good on alcohol drinking, less yeah, on drinking, making. Make, no, I mean, I can make drinks, but not like mm. drinks from scratch, like right. the spirit from scratch, rather. Um, so, yeah, learning about gin, I learned way way more than I ever intended to learn from from the interwebs. But Dedeker had brought something up that she distilled her own gin from vodka. I infused, I think is okay. the correct verb. Fine. Okay, you infused vodka and then made it into gin. And is that because you infused it? Did you infuse it with juniper? Yes, with juniper berries. Okay, amongst, you know, your cardamom and your ginger and what, what well, have you. Well, it was you. juniper berries first. Like, Got first it. you infuse it into Good. being like a gin. Yes. Then you take that and then add extra things to infuse yes. it with other spices and fun things. Okay, well done. Yes, because I learned from craftginclub.co.uk <laughs> that, yes, gin must be a neutral spirit distilled from something natural like wheat, barley, potatoes, or grapes. So that makes sense that you can start off with vodka because vodka is generally potato or barley, right? Or sometimes rice too, right? Yeah, I've Isn't seen quinoa. Vodka? I've seen quinoa oh. gin recently. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. at Whole Foods. I mean, you get you know whatever, whatever kind of oh, random crap Whole at Whole, yeah. like organic, organic <laughs> shit at Whole Foods. <laughs> Here's your quinoa vodka. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming you can do stuff like that. But yes, the flavor of the gin comes from the botanicals but the predominant flavor must be juniper. Otherwise, the drink can't be defined as gin by law, mm -hmm. is what I learned. And then there must be at least 37.5% of pure alcohol in the total volume of liquid. That's a ton. Not as much as whiskey, but it's a lot. And uh, just so y'all know, there's three traditional types of gin, London, Dry, Plymouth Gin, and Old Tom Gin. So it's kind of fun. It's kind okay. of exciting. Yeah. There's a lot of crap in here about it. You can check it out. Bathtub gin was that illegal prohibition type gin in the 1920s. Yeah, love that. So yes, compound gin or bathtub gin was what was illegally made at home during the American prohibition in the 1920s. And it's a simpler process of fruit, herbs, vegetables, or spices added to a neutral-based spirit and let to infuse with flavors. But... People, like, died from that shit. They died yeah. from, like, having yeah. that gin. I don't know what they happened. They so desperate to just be able to get drunk. Exactly. But, like, people would get poisoned and stuff. And so it's kind of like, are you going to get poisoned or are you going to have a good time? I don't know. Now, I, I mean, that's kind worried. of true of all alcohol, isn't it? <laughs> if you have enough. But, uh -huh. I, you know, I like my organic vodka and my organic Hendrix really expensive top shelf gin. That's now, what I'm drinking. Just these being days. organic or not does not also mean whether or not it could kill you or make you go blind. They're, they're kind of two unrelated things. If you have enough of it, yes. To be okay, to be totally honest, people making bathtub gin back in the 1920s, it was probably organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was probably 100 percent organic. So they're they're two separate things. Being organic <laughs> and being poison are two different things that are not mutually exclusive. 
I have had one three-ounce shot of gin in my alcoholic beverage today. It was delightful, but that is not going to kill me. So Maybe th- over time, but not right now. This is reminding me of like a little song that I remember learning from my grandma. Oh, yeah? Who I guess lived well. She was probably very young during Prohibition times, but... The song went like this. Was she alive? But she was alive during Prohibition. My grandmother lived. My grandmother was born in 1921. Uh, so technically, kind of alive. But yeah, not. I'm trying to think how old my grandma. I mean, but yeah, she would have been like a baby around Prohibition times, right? So Prohibition was from 1920 to 1933. Yeah, my okay. grandmother so, was yeah. a little baby. She was a baby to 12. Small child. She was not drinking bathtub gin at the time. No. Which is probably why she lived to be as old as she was. But anyway, <laughs> the song that I learned from her went like this. It went, Lincoln, Lincoln, I've been thinking, what's that stuff that you've been drinking? Is it liquor or is it wine? Oh my gosh, it's turpentine. If that was the... <laughs> that why was, did she wow. teach you that song? Just for fun. <laughs> for, for gigs. <laughs> for giggles. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's cute. But and I wow. and I didn't get it at the time, but and I think that at some point my Well, how could you? Yeah, uh, obviously. But my parents explained <laughs> to me at the time they're like, "Yeah, this song comes from a time during prohibition when people, you know, when alcohol was illegal and some people were so desperate to to like get alcohol that they would drink turpentine because it had alcohol in it." And it was just this like mind-blowing concept at the time. But anyway, wow. that just came to wow. mind. Amazing. Well, thank you, Jace's grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, that's a little about gin. Wow. How about y'all? What do y'all have to say? Uh, I want to talk to you about profits. The mm. all-American prophet. <laughs> no, I'm actually not oh, going to talk. Wait, was he a prophet? Heck yes. Heck yes, he Got was. It. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So for those of you who didn't get it, I was talking about Book of Mormon. Yeah. Uh, where they talk about Joseph Smith being the all-American prophet. And here's the deal. But mostly, okay, when you try to look up stuff about modern-day prophets and whether they still exist, uh-huh. you're going to get very different answers depending on what source you find, just based on what that person's faith is, what they believe in, stuff like that, right? And so a lot of what you find is either going to be talking about how much so-and-so is a prophet or it's going to be talking about how all these prophets are fake. Of course. Uh, right? And so, yeah. As with anything that comes to religion, you're not going to get any sort of real answers. Yeah. You know, it's it's because it's so slanted by what you believe in. But I did want to hit you with kind of some some terms that are relevant to this that I think can kind of help when you're encountering religions or denominations of Christianity or things like that that might sort of help. Okay. So one of those is this conflict between what's called cessationism and continuationism. So cessationism is the belief that prophecy or like direct messages from God ceased. They cessationized. Cessationism. Mm, So they ceased after what is referred to as the Apostolic Age, which is basically first century AD or CE, whichever system you want to use. Basically, like the time from Jesus 
through the book of like Acts and Ephesians and like basically during the writing of the New Testament or during the okay. events of the New Testament. They're basically saying that after that point, God stopped talking. That's it. That's all we got. And that's cessationism is that that belief. Interesting. Okay. And then its opposite is continuationism, which is the belief that spiritual gifts and this not is not just prophecy, but also like the ability to do miracles and stuff, right? That we see those in the Bible, that continuationism believes those still exist, that those still happen. And this includes things like prophecy, uh, divine healing, um, speaking in tongues is a category of this, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All, all that sort of stuff. And so just look like quickly, some denominations that have preached continuationism are things like Catholics, Methodists, Moravians, and Pentecostal traditions. Oh, yeah, definitely the Pentecostals. Right. Um, People know things that I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, there's also like some variation within Lutheranism or Presbyterianism, and the Anglican Church tends to be more cessationist, but there's some people who maybe believe in a little bit of continuationism. And if you think about like the Catholic Church with saints and stuff, happening post-Jesus, right? Like they were Catholic saints and they that by definition has to be post-Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, doing miracles and being saints and prophesying and stuff, that that's sort of a continuationist belief. Um, and so, so then there's kind of within that is this term continuous revelation. And this is a little bit different but related. And essentially, continuous revelation is the idea that God continues to reveal divine principles or like continues to reveal commandments or truths to humans through, throughout time. And then even within that, there's specific faiths like the Baha'i faith who believe in what's called progressive revelation which is kind of related to continuous revelation. But in that, when in progressive revelation, the idea is that um, truth, like God's truth, is continuously being revealed in sort of a cyclical way over time through divine messengers, so prophets and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that that message is progressive in the sense that it changes over time based on what's happening based on like modern day, what's relevant to today. I see. So like his approach and so changes as he goes along. Right. That seems convenient, huh. but okay. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that, Emily, that that sounds convenient because that's the conflict, right? Mm. On the one hand, you have the people who say, well, that's convenient that God can just say whatever you think he says or it says or she says or whatever at this time. That's bullshit. But then you have the other people that go, okay, if God is still around and still relevant, wouldn't they still be giving us messages as the world changes and technology changes and relevant things changes rather than saying, oh, well, these things that he said 2,000 years ago, that's the last word. So like on either side, on either side, you could make a compelling case of why the other is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just, I guess, to kind of finish this out, Quick roundup, Catholicism, like I said, the saints, they got prophets, stuff like that. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, this one's kind of fun. In Jehovah's Witness, they don't necessarily believe in like there is 
a prophet of this religion, but more that Jehovah's Witness as a group are prophets. They, 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 they are prophets. Like we are, Goodness. we are legion. We are Goodness. born. We are prophets. You know, we are. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Let's Jeez. see here. It says, like in the Watchtower, which is the Jehovah's Witness publication, they say, ever since the Watchtower began to be published in July 1879, it has looked ahead into the future. No, the Watchtower is no inspired prophet, but it follows and explains a book of prophecy, the, the predictions in which have proven to be unerring and unfailing. So it's kind of this idea that like we sort of as a collective are prophet, but we as individuals are not. It's kind of a unique take. Latter-day Saints, the all-American mm-hmm. prophet, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith, for yeah. sure. He was considered a prophet. Uh, the current president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, is also a prophet and the president of the church. Yeah, all the leaders of the Mormon church or the really? Latter-day Saints church have been prophets, according to their beliefs. Adventism, huh. they, they believe in prophets, although the founder of Adventism, who is like mid-19th century, so like 1800s or whatever, mm-hmm. he predicted the second coming of Christ, of the Messiah, oh, wow. and uh, that it would happen by uh, eight. 1844. Okay. And then when it didn't happen, it led to what is referred to as, quote, the great disappointment. <laughs> Which oh, is a fantastic man. name. That it is. That is yeah. a great disappointment. Man. Oh, man. man. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Seventh day Adventists believe that the founder, uh, one of the founders, Ellen G. White, was a, was a prophet. Um, anyway, there's lot, lots of other ones. A lot of these are denominations I've never even heard of. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's lots of them. And then that's that's only in the Judeo-Christian world, right? Like within Islam, there are sects that believe in in prophets. And then there are prophets in completely other religions too, right? Like Native American religions yes. or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but but just mm-hmm. focusing on sort of the Bible and that lineage, that's kind of the divide. Is is God still Speaking and revealing things is to us, God or not? Is God still speaking at all? Yeah, is God still speaking? Yeah, that's the question. What wow. if God was one of us? Yeah, just a stranger yeah. on the bus. You know, like he makes way home, man. Yeah. Dang, man, <laughs> man, man, <laughs> man. Okay, man. What a what a topic. Yeah, indeed. really. What a deep dive. Well, I'm going to talk to you more about Psalms. If that's all right. I love that. With all y'all. So, yeah, first thing that we noticed in reading Psalm 42 is that big announcement of like, this is book two. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, a five-book division of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, so divided in five. We're we're two-fifths of the way through. One-fifth of the way through. (laughs) One-fifth of the way through. (laughs) We've gotten to the the beginning of (laughs) two-fifths. That we're on to the second fifth. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. Book go. one is Psalms one to forty-one. Book two is forty-two to seventy-two. Book three is seventy-three to eighty-nine. Book four is ninety to one hundred six, and book five is one hundred seven to one hundred fifty. Okay. So we have this question of like, did David actually write this? Especially because right at the top, they're like, is Sons of Korah? Yeah. Um, a contemplation by the Sons of Korah. Yes. So, if you remember. Korah. Do we remember Korah? The legend first of, of all, yes. From 
All I know is the, the legend, legend of, of but I mean, actually, Korra, there was a story related to Korra in oh. Numbers oh. way back with Moses. I don't, I don't remember. No, I don't. Okay, I don't I'll jog your memory and then you'll you'll remember. So Korra was Moses' cousin. Oh. And he was the one who led a revolt against Moses. Yes. Oh, no. And then yes, I remember okay. now. God yeah. killed him and all his conspirators by having the earth swallow, swallow them up. up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That was good times. Yes. However... In numbers, it was very specific that the, quote, the children of Korah died not. So, as in, like, Korah and all the people that he specifically got to revolt with him, they died, but his lineage mm. would still go on. Which okay. is a surprising thing for Yahweh to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in Chronicles, apparently the Korahites were the porters of the temple, um, and, quote, unquote, one of them was over, quote, things that were made in the pans. <laughs> <laughs> As okay. in, in the pans? He was the frying, I guess, the frying guy. The frying pans, yes. I guess part okay. of the meat offering stuff mm, that okay. was made in right. pans. Right. Yes. Now, I went down a little bit of a Wikipedia mm-hmm. rabbit hole. You know how you do a Wikipedia where you like click on one link and then another yep. link and then another link and then another oh, link totally. and then oh, you're just several levels game. deep. Yeah. And I found there's a band called Sons of Korra Nice. Where literally all their music is just putting the Psalms to music. Mm. They're a band that actually was founded in Victoria, in Australia, where I am right now. Now, Mm. I went and listened to some of their stuff, some of their most recent stuff, and I'm not going to play you any of it because it's actually good. I think <laughs> that's not oh, funny. When, really? <laughs> when I listen, yes, when I listened to it, I, I of course I didn't have the time to listen to their entire back catalog, but the few selections that I listened to, I was like, oh wow, this actually sounds interesting. It's very like. Hmm. They get in some kind of like post-rock influences. That's fun. In there. It's actually very modern sounding and very interesting. Like doesn't sound like traditional CCM, in my opinion. Of course, I was listening to their newer stuff. So maybe they had some more CCM worship music roots. But yeah, their new contemporary Christian music. music, Got it. Okay. I I just, Um, that was the acronym for my college Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, Okay. (laughs) That's Good. something it's entirely not different. Yeah. Yeah. But I listened to them and was like, okay, I think these guys are actually good. So oh, that's right. not very interesting. But what I am going to play for you is as soon as we read this psalm, immediately I was like, oh, this sounds like a, I think this is a song that I sang growing up in church. You know, this, mm. this line about the deer panting for the water <laughs> sounds really, really similar or really familiar. And sure enough, yes, I found the song. As soon as I listened to it, I got the eye twitches, which seems to be a recurring theme mm-hmm. now in the bonus. <laughs> that like we stumble, we stumble onto a psalm that's connected to a hymn and I listen to it. I'm like, oh God, right? <laughs> this song. So we'll listen to a little bit of this song. This is... Um, this is As the Deer Pants for the Water. This is a cover by Robin Mark, whoever that is. This is yet another one of those songs that can be filed away under we are white evangelicals who've had all the money and all the power for years and yet our worship music sounds like <laughs> snore. All the vowels and none of the consonants. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe garbled let's, consonants. Let's listen. Let's listen. Our audience can decide for themselves. Okay. Okay. As the deer pants the water, so my soul longs after you. You are. 
Doing that worship leader thing, yeah. Prompt the verse, yeah. You gotta remind people this is what's coming next. We can stop it wow. there. We can stop it there because I'm already asleep. <laughs> Jace was singing along. I was he doing hand gestures like, and everything. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as I found that clip and it started up, it was like muscle memory in my mouth. Yeah, wow. Where yeah. Immediately, like the lyrics, it was like they're still in there. They're wow. still in there. Yeah. What's yeah. funny is also about this this kind of music is that I I'm actually not even sure if I've heard this song before, but I could sing it to you. 100% yes. right now. That's the whole thing about contemporary Christian music, this, worship it's so music, predictable. it's designed to, it's so, so predictable. You can yeah. pick it up very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But just that, it's like, it's like you could play me just that first bit that just goes, bum, 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 bum. And you could stop there and I would know that the rest goes, bum, 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 bum. It's just like so obvious. It's so predictable. <laughs> Amazing. I played in a lot of church bands too, so I've I've got extra exposure to this kind of thing. So yes, I guess that's right. that. I also just this is a fun note to end on maybe that on this video here, there's a little note. the The description of this video just says, "Please don't make illegal downloads from this video unless you already own a legal copy of the song." Thank you. I like that it's yep. don't make illegal downloads unless you own a legal copy. Then you can make illegal downloads. It's a little bit confusing. Many illegal downloads as you like. It's very strange. <laughs> it's confusing it's very, logic. Very strange. Yeah. yeah. But I like it. Thank you. Goodness. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Well, that was a fun time learning about gin and prophets and sounds. <laughs> and we've got more to learn, more to read, more to see and do. And we will see you all next week on Drunk Bible Study.